Mines in Mexico were once thriving, but now most are abandoned, and within them, one can find stories of beings that never left. This is the tale of two different minds. Stories, folklore, legends, leyendas, cuentos, y más. This is Spooky Tales. Listen, escuchen, at your own risk. Before the episode officially starts, here is today's promo for Scare Me Podcast. I've loved horror ever since I was a kid. I feel that mixture of dread and fear and my breathing deepens, and I love it. I started this podcast not only to talk about my love of fear and horror, but to give you a platform to share yours. Because I know many of us feel this way. So have a seat. Tell me a story. Tell me about an experience you've had. A legend local to your area. Or even a movie you saw as a child that scared you so much it stayed with you. Tell me why it scares you. Tell me why you love it. In this podcast, I want you to scare me. Hi everyone, I'm Christina. And I'm MJ. And welcome to episode 10 of A Spooky Tales. Today is very exciting. We have our very first guest. This is uh, Albie from Scare Me Podcast. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Uh, hi, my name's uh, Albie Robles, and I am the host of the Scare Me podcast. I'm also a, a voice actor, and uh, I started the Scare Me podcast because I, I just really love being told scary stories that are you know supposedly to accounts. I I enjoy them much more than I mean I do love horror fiction and it's all I read and it's a lot of what I watch, but I especially love uh, those stories which are which are supposed to be true, and. I've never been the type to be dismissive when hearing stuff like that. I always remember going to movies with friends where they would be laughing on the way out of a, of a horror movie saying, oh my gosh, that was not scary. And I was just kind of being quiet or playing along sometimes. But in fact, I would be scared because I, I allow that for myself. I, I like that. It's, I think it's no fun to watch a horror movie if you're not going to let yourself be scared, if you're going to contest everything the whole time and, and question it. It's more fun to be open to things and, and let it take you for the ride it's supposed to take you on. It's it's much more fun to be scared during a horror movie. I agree. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> but I agree. Um, that's uh, I call that like a good scare, you know, like um, mm-hmm. anything in paranormal. I love it. And it sometimes does scare me, but I love being scared. It's like this. I don't know. It's a it's a good scare. It's what I call it. Well, and and I know what yeah. you mean by that because you do need to differentiate. Because I will say, on the other hand, that being scared of anything real, I do not like. <laughs> you know, they've, yeah. I've had very just a handful of instances in my life where I've had real fear of of something real, yeah. and it is and it feels awful. Yeah, so that's I, very different. <laughs> I th- I think like <laughs> I think like paranormal, like the the genre. It's just one of those things that I can be scared, but I know I could probably also be safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then for me, that's that's where the stories start to turn. Well, when you you know, it's it's one thing when you hear stories about you know, say a ghost in a house, and they're fascinating, but they definitely start to turn for me. And, and I I still like them a lot, but you know, I, I they definitely become a lot scarier when in an instance where I heard about the poltergeist that would like this woman that would wake up and see this figure at the end of her room all the time. And, but eventually it started picking up her little glass collectibles and throwing them at her. And, and like once, oh it, once physical danger becomes a part of it, they get a lot scarier when, oh, when it's not yeah, something you can, sure. that can't hurt you. <laughs> then it's not good scared. Then it's like, <laughs> get me out of here. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, today we're going to be talking about some uh, mining ghost mine legends. And then Albie's going to tell us, a little bit about his experience, which I'm looking forward to because I'm ready to be scared. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'm going to start off with this legend I found. It's called uh, La Leyenda del Jergas. El Jergas is just the guy, the ghost's name. Uh, although I don't know why this is his nickname. <laughs> but <laughs> Mexicanos, right? We give everything right, a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a cousin who was like, they call me El Calacas, like the skull, because he's so skinny. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his nickname it's cool but in the beginning of the 18th century and into a little bit of the 19th century there was a town Real de Catorce in San Luis Potosí Mexico and it was thriving because it had so many mines like at one point it had up to a hundred and then after the Mexican Revolution happened it became a ghost town now it's inhabited again and it relies on tourism of the many mines and uh, the residents there now tell the tale of one resident who never left the town. And his name is El Hergas. El Hergas was once a miner who died on the job. And he would show himself to other miners who were alone. And since he was dressed like them, there was no suspicion uh, for the other miners. He would show them where to mine for the best metals and most stories say he's a good ghost, uh, but others say that he did cause miners to be lost forever. And others say that he leaves the mines and frightens the little children in the town. Others say that when the mines were still operating, workers had to leave the mines in pairs. Otherwise, a man that looked like a superintendent would send them back in and say, hey, there's this good spot that we didn't get today. And then he would walk with them. They would go deeper and deeper. And then later, all the other workers would be like, hey, where's this guy? Because he never came out. And they would go back inside of the mine in pairs searching for the missing uh, worker. And eventually they found the worker. First, they would come across his like lamp somewhere. Then they would keep walking and they would find the missing worker just like laying somewhere. But the spot where the worker was always laying was uh, a really good spot for uh, mining. And so they, for this reason, workers never thought El Jergas was evil because um, even though people went missing, they were always found and they were led to uh, a really good spot. That's creepy and scary. It sounds like uh, like any other legend, like the legends we have like uh, covered in the other episodes where there's always something trying to lead you into like when we covered the Cipitio, where it leads the farmers away to be lost forever. Right, yeah. I guess they just like getting people lost. <laughs> Need to mind their own. Stories like this are always fascinating to me. It's always, um, I don't know, there's the, the, there's those ideas of somebody hanging around uh, in, you know, what's become basically, like you said, a ghost town. 
Uh, those are those are definitely some of my favorite stories that uh, to hear. Um, I'm gonna like jump in. This is like totally off, to- not off topic, but it's similar like situations, I guess. Because you know, I listen to uh, American type paranormal podcast, right? And one right. thing they have is called the Fae Folk, which is like fairy people and fairy people, elves, gnomes, whatever. And it is believed that they lead you either away from. From wherever you are, like, this reminds me of that, like, they lead you to your death. Like, they're trickster spirits. You know, we do have in, como se dice, in um, Latin America, a lot of, like, como duendes and stuff. And these things that are pretty similar to, to fairies. Yeah, um, and the Mexico has fairy-type creatures, like chanecas. Yeah, and, the, you know, they say that they live in caves, too. So, or, like, mines and stuff, caves and mines. Oh, that is interesting. I have I have not heard of these. You know, I I came to live in the states when I was very young, and so a lot of those uh, types of of legends I I did not I get to hear. Total again, totally off topic. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's this like uh, you know how people go missing in in national forest. A lot of people think that maybe like people who believe in this is like fairies because they uh they take you to fairyland. And it's like a lot of the times near rocks, stones, like Yosemite has a lot of uh, these boulders and stuff. And I mean, a mine is just pretty much a rock that you're digging into. So do people say fairies live in Yosemite? Because I've been to Yosemite. Uh, Well, it depends on the person you ask. Mines, caves, anything having to do with like rocks or crystals or stuff. I don't even like know how to like put it into a category, but it has like this nature type spirit always attached to it, whether it's like an elf or, or or you know something like a ghost or something but there's always like this thing that just a spiritual connection i guess but i've heard that a lot that like the like creatures live in mines and caves that would be one place where they could live for a long time if there was such a thing where without being bothered a lot or without being exposed it's it's if there was a place where there was something like that could exist, it would most likely be underground or underwater. Yeah, and and some mines too can go for hundreds of miles of tunnels. Yeah, and it's so easy to get lost. Yeah, I'm gonna go into Minas de los Estrellas. Mina los Estrellas, not de los Estrellas. I can't even read today. Surrounded by forests, Mina los Estrellas is located in the northeastern part of Michoacan, near the municipality. There we go. Oh, okay, because I was like, municipality. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Yes, what he said. <laughs> and I am so sorry. I know for a fact I'm going to butcher this. Tlalpujawa? Is that how you pronounce it? That one I don't know. Tlal? How do you spell it? <laughs> T L A L P U J A H U A. Wow, I don't know either. I am so sorry for whoever knows how to pronounce this. <laughs> I would I would say Tlalpujawa. Yes, there we go. At the height of this mine is was, you know, like not the height, but like when this mine was fully functioning, it was a producer of both silver and gold. It produced more silver than gold. And at one point, uh, Jose de la Borda was at Mina Los Estrellas. And Jose de la Borda was uh, um, at one point the richest man in Mexico. And he made his fortune in mining. His his house is the one in the FM, Bor- the Borda house. It's just like a museum now. It's and it's like a, it's just a really fancy house. I never even heard of this guy until I did the research. But that's hey, maybe his house is haunted. Maybe we could look into that. 
<laughs> There's no stories about his house because I was confusing his house with another house that has a similar name, which is just Bored, like B-O-R-D-E, just completely different. Oh. But um, but then I remember that his house was like a museum now, too. But it's not haunted, supposedly. So. Lame. Yeah. Well, what's the point of that? <laughs> Having a fancy house you can't even haunt. So he was one of, like, again, a big player in Mexican history. He didn't, like, uh, make his fortune in Mina Dos Estrellas, but he did, like, it was the place where he started. It wasn't mined, I want to say correctly, until the 1900s in 1903, where it became the most profitable. This mine has now turned into a mining history museum that is open to the public and free during the day. Mina Dos Estrellas has, uh, well, a lot of history. It's been a town that I think was founded in in 1560 it has history on may 17th 1937 a tragic incident occurred because it was mined for so long that there was a buildup of toxic residue in the lake next to the mine the lake became overfilled and ruptured flooding the area more than 300 people died during this tragic event men women and children alike it is said that people see apparitions and it is said that people who died in this in this tragic incident still roam the mine and the surrounding area. Some people hear screams, some people hear movement, and there's just like a lot of activity. It was even featured on MTV show Fear. And it was one of the episodes where all contestants quit because of the paranormal activity. None of them can finish their dares and has been the only destination featured twice on uh, the show because um, they did it a second time to see if anyone else could actually go through with the dares as, you know, the, the first contestants didn't. Did they that time? I didn't say. I looked it up and didn't oh, say. Okay. It only showed me, like, the, the first group who went, and they all quit. They were like, nope, too much crazy stuff. That would be me. Yep, same. In the show, they mentioned uh, Nawal, and they actually blamed the activity on this creature as well as the 1937 tra tragedy on the Nawal. So they believe that this spare guide was responsible for the flooding. Um, they think that the spirit became angry with all the greed happening, and it just decided to take matters into its own hands. And uh, we've um we've mentioned uh, Nawal, right, in our yeah, other in episode, but maybe we should refresh in case anyone doesn't remember what a Nawal is. Yes. So uh, Nawal is a spirit guide. It's not essentially evil. Like um, what is it called Mesoamerican cultures believe that it's just it's just the spirit guide. Like it's not evil. It's just. Well, that was before, but now a Nawal has like turned into like. They, it is believed it's like a sorcerer who transforms into an animal and is evil. But back, back, back then in um, Maya culture, it was a spirit animal that belonged to a sorcerer. Like, does that, like, even if we believe that, does that make it true? Like, maybe it's still just neutral. Well, like, if you look up uh, Nagua now, there's, like, videos of... Um, Oh, like, like half, that video you said. Half animal, half man-looking creatures. Kind of like It's a, no longer like a spirit. Yeah. Like, it's the, like the skinwalker? Yeah, yeah. Something, and that's why we mentioned it in the White Chivo episode. Because yeah. it's it's like they're all very similar. But yeah, now it's believed that they're it's like a shape-shifting sorcerer. An evil shape-shifting sorcerer. 
Yes. Yeah. Okay, evil so now it's evil. Okay. See, I thought like it depends on the person. Like it could still go either way, evil or good. However, it does seem that people from the show Fear did have some paranormal activity, whether it was due to the ghost of the 300 plus dead or the or the Nawal. I guess it's a matter of opinion or it could be both. I mean, why not both? Right. I uh, watched part of it and there's like when one of the clips you could hear like a little kid. It's like, ugh, nope. See, like I'm I'm okay with hearing everything else, but there's something incredibly unsettling about a child being heard. Like, okay, yeah. an adult, fine. But like a child is just kind of like, I don't like it. It's just mm, right. yeah. not right. It makes it that much more like ill. I don't know. Yeah, it's creepier for sure. During the museum's operating hours, they allow visitors to tour the main tunnel. Some people do so at night. And those who do explore Mina Dos Estrellas at night say that it's completely different from the day. Like, the day you're fine, whatever, but at night it has, like, this completely different, like, uh, aura, vibe, whatever you want to call it. In this article I found, written by Anthony Wright, describes his experience while exploring Mina Dos Estrellas at night. When he got there, he met Salvador and his wife, Mari. They had brought their sons and some of their friends along to explore the mine. From what I understand, the mine has a place for people to stay overnight if they are willing to do so. And that is what both Anthony and this other group of people did. At one point from the party, one of the boys goes to use the restroom from across the rooms. When he tries to leave, the bathroom door would not open. Now, Anthony and everyone else has already started exploring at this point. So they were they were not even close to the bathroom. They were just, you know, wandering around, taking a look at the area. Uh, so it takes a while for someone to finally hear the boy is stuck in the bathroom. They go and try to open it and the door will not budge. It seems to be locked. They try and try to get this poor boy out for over an hour. Oh, my God. And they finally had a, you know, they finally got a hold of the the museum owner and he had to drive his way back and bring all the keys that, you know, that from the museum, including the skeleton key and none of them would work. So they had to kick the door down because that was the only way to get this kid out. Now, it doesn't specify the age of the child, but I'm guessing since he's calling him a boy anywhere from like eight to 12 years old. I'm sorry. Why would they leave him in the bathroom by himself and continue exploring? Why would not? Why would anyone not stay there? Yeah, I, I guess because maybe like they're like, oh, we're the only people here. What the hell's going to happen to him? I guess but, I can. But yeah, I guess I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. Still irresponsible, you know. And you're I'm, in a, like a place they say is haunted. <laughs> maybe they didn't believe it, and that's why they were like, yeah, we'll be fine. Probably why. I mean. A lot of people are skeptical of this stuff. And I'm sure it was, like, extremely traumatic to this poor little kid. Like, I yeah. bet he was, like, having nightmares after this. The owner, Don Gustavo, was, like, in complete shock. He couldn't understand why the door was not opening. So after all this, they continue to keep on exploring. <laughs> okay. Oh, that'd be done. I, I'm pretty sure they're like, whatever, it's just a stuck door. So, uh, again, I like to remind everybody, this is happening at night. The museum is closed for everybody else. These are the only people, they're the only people who are going to be there all night. So they go back to a room that they had been in previously while the poor boy was in the bathroom. They already explored this room. 
And they realize that there is a bat in the room. You know, they never noticed before. So according to Anthony, the bat was deformed. And I quote, this creature, quite frankly, is one of nature's most grotesque productions. And the sight of it suitably grossed everyone out like some glistening rat embryo. It hung and suspended from a corner when suddenly it shot off at us. Wings nightmarishly spread. A brief episode of pandemonium ensued as we escaped its manic swoops. This bat was just in the room and saw them and like attacked. Attacked? Oh my god! I like swooped at, and not only that, it was also like completely deformed. I mean, when he says glistening rat embryo, I'm thinking, you know, like it's not like a normal bat. It's like slimy, maybe. Maybe all pink, slimy, pink, shiny. And yep. hair, I don't know. So that's it, like weird. It sounds hairless. And not to yeah. mention deformities in a lot of animals, they usually tend to die. Like, so for this bat to be able to do all this means it survived for a long time. I wonder if the MTV people saw this bat too. And this is why they thought there was a Nawal there. Maybe. I mean, and they may not even be the only one. It could be that. Bats in that particular cave have some type of mutation or adaptation or something. There's something that they're just, there's a little family of these bats in there for all we know. That is true. But oh, either yeah. way, also very gross. <laughs> because it's like a glistening rat embryo. Like, wh- like who describes something like that? It's just gross. It's And it's very specific. Like, let's just, like, it's like, <laughs> yeah. no, it wasn't like a glistening, you know, I don't know, like dog, because bats look like dogs. No, it was a rat. Now I'm picturing a glistening dog bat. <laughs> and, and the reason for glistening, too, is it just usually means that it's it's moist or whatever. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it, like slimy. Of, like something gross yeah. around it. Yeah. Ugh. I would be like, nope, we're leaving right now. I don't care if it's 3 a.m. I don't care if it's 1 a.m. We're getting into that car and we're leaving. So, I mean, this bat could also be the Nawal. Like uh, Christina said that people. And that was about all of Anthony's uh, encounters. They did not encounter anything else. No voices or and no apparitions. But for some people, they do get the voices and the apparition. I also saw that the um, MTV people, like from the clip that I saw, they heard a lot of wild animals. Uh, Anthony never mentioned that. So I don't know if it was like, they heard, I think, uh, como wolves. Some Nahuales are known to turn into um, dog-like creatures. So I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that was pretty much Mina Dos Estrellas. That is creepy. Would you go there? And yeah. we all get flashlights and we're in a group of five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, for me, it's it's you know I, I'd go check out haunted places, but when you have like the the added danger of being in a mine, <laughs> makes it makes it creepier that that there are other things that could happen outside of ghosts that you could get fall into a hole or something. <laughs> I also bet like True. there's some people who would be crazy enough, and um, and when I mean some people, I mean like Americans. Um, <laughs> that would just be like, hey, let's do a seance. And I'm like, oh, great. See, that's one thing. I, I, um, they would totally do that, though. <laughs> let's be real. They are. The mind. You know, you know, like us, we're like, the, you know, when we hear something creepy, we're like, well, let's go. And then you have the, the Americans are like, what's that sound? Let's go investigate. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's how you die. 
That's how you die. That's a that's a fast way to meet God. Um, but the reason uh, we shared mine legends is because uh, Albi has a story. Uh, you know, I, as I said earlier, I moved away from Mexico when I was I was maybe four years old. But we would go down at least twice a year, every year growing up. And so, you know, I'd always see family down there and whatnot. And for many of those years, my cousin uh, lived in a colony uh, called uh, San Francisco del Oro. But we would just call it El Oro for short. And it was a colony for, for all the employees of a particular mine. And this was maybe four hours or so, three or four hours south of Chihuahua, I think. And so uh, it was near a city called Parral. That was the nearest city to it. Once uh, it, it was this tiny little community, just a maybe three or four rows of houses. Uh, there was a slight incline to it, and it had like a little kind of a country club for for them. Just a very tiny little club for them, but I had a little pool and and there were just a, a few amenities like that there. A little a little store, and if you needed anything beyond that, you'd go you'd go into the city. But uh, my cousin eventually moved away from there. But through, throughout his time there, he would move from house to house within that because some of the houses were bigger than others. And they would assign you a house to live depending on your position within that mine. And so as his dad moved up in the ranks into management and all of that, he would, he, they'd be given a, a, a bigger house to, to live in in that, in that colony. So it, eventually he moved away from there. Uh, he would go, I believe he went to, to high school there in, in Paral or, or one of the neighboring areas there. And even though he had moved away, one of the times that I was down visiting them in Chihuahua where they'd gone to live, it coincided with the prom for his old high school where he used to go. So he was invited to go to the prom reception and, and I went with him. And that was weird by itself because a prom reception in Mexico yeah, is is very different because the drinking age is eighteen, so everybody is drinking at this reception. Like they have like oh, bo- yeah. like these buckets of of beers and and <laughs> and different bottles, and and you know every everybody's paying for their their drinks. They have waiters going around taking drink orders. They're not carding anybody uh, because it's prom night. And then so you know we went and we you know we 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 did drinking there, and then. Uh, afterwards, everybody went to like, there's always somebody's house where several of the moms get together and just make a bunch of, uh, like, like, um, oh, what is it called? Um, I was going to say pozole, but it's not pozole, uh, menudo, like for everybody. And so they all go and have menudo and, the to sober up and, oh. and, 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 and then, you know, before going home or whatever. And so that's part of the, like, that's like the third part of the party is, you know, you have the prom, then you have the reception and then you have the go to where the moms made the menudo. And I don't know if it's like that all over Mexico, at least in, in that particular area, that's what that's what they were doing. And it was a, a very fun night. And then we went to stay the night at a little rental room uh, that was in El Oro. And it was basically one of, I think they had like three or four rooms lined up. It was just kind of a long uh, house divided into these four rooms that, that, you could, that you could rent. And so we're in one of those. And we went to bed. All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open, and it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. You don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. As soon as I opened my eyes, I opened my eyes to see a man standing above my bed. Oh hell no! He was looking <laughs> down at me, making oh. eye contact with me already when my eyes opened, and he was in the middle of taking a step 
Oh uh, my and God. basically that's all I saw is him moving, you know, doing a stride. And when his foot would have hit the ground to take the next step, he was gone. He was just suddenly gone. This man was bald headed, uh, like completely wow. shaved down. And he was wearing kind of khaki pants that were tied together with a rope instead of a belt. There was no shirt. He had no shirt on. Now, his skin had kind of a yellowish tone to it. He looked he looked Mexican, but his skin had a yellowish tone to it. And it was kind of glittery and, and, and sparkly. It was, it was, it, it, it just, it, it, very faint little, little dots of it here and there. You, you could just see the, the kind of glittering going on. That was weird to me. It, it was, it was of course very, very scary. And when he was gone, I just, I just lay there frozen for a long time, not moving. I very desperately wanted to close my eyes and get, you know, pull the covers over my head because I was afraid to see it again. But I was even more scared of being covered up and it coming back and me not knowing. And so I was just laying awake there for a long time. And eventually, oh my God, um, you know, morning came and, and I told my cousin about it and there was no disbelief. There wasn't any, any like, oh, you're crazy or whatever. When he told his dad about it the, the, the next day, uh, they, they basically all told me the the family there. Uh, the dad's the one who told me that that look of like that yellowed look with the glitter was common to people working in the mines because they're working shirtless. They're sometimes, at least in, uh, they used to, uh, and the sediments would get on their skin, and that's you know just the different types of rock and stuff, and and so some of that would would look glittery like that, and the, and the yellowed skin skin tone, and there was no way for me to know any of that. Then my cousin and his sister went on to tell me about that that colony is all kinds of haunted. You know, they said that this, um, in the first little house where my aunt and uncle lived before they had the kids, I think, you know, that or when the kids were very, very little, there were, uh, there were always little things going on. And like one in particular was that my my aunt was laying in bed. Uh, my my uncle was coming home late. She heard the door open. heard heard him walk into the house, and she since she was still awake, she thought she'd scare him. So she was laying there pretending to be asleep, facing away from him. He comes in. You know, she hears the door open. He comes in, footsteps to the bed, feels him sit on the bed, turns around to go, huh? and there's nobody there. Stop! <laughs> that's no. Oh my God! A couple that of was... years later, they move to a house that's ac- across the street from this house, and at that time, the little sister, who, my younger cousin, uh, there, talks about the the old man and the old woman that are always working in the in their front yard, which would mean at this same house that where this is happening, where this had happened, but there, there was nobody living there at that time. Um, but but she would see them all the time out in the front yard. And a very creepy one was that at one time, that same uh, little cousin when she was older, I believe she was in middle school or high school maybe, was walking to a friend's house uh, or to an aunt's house or something in that same little colony and had to walk past this same little house. While as she was getting closer to it, she could hear like keys rattling, like somebody was trying to unlock the front door. But there was nobody there. 
And as she kept moving by the house, the key started rattling faster and faster. Like, like whoever was there doing that would was panicking as, as she got closer. And then as soon as she passed the house, it stopped. And there were three or four other wow. little stories like that going further back to, you know, their aunts and stuff when they were younger. Uh, and it was just, and I, I think the, the last one I'll tell that I remember really well uh, was actually from the nearby city of Parral, which they say there's a ton of paranormal activity there because there's there's a higher than normal rate of devil worship. And, some, and I don't know how true that is. This was something I was told. But my aunt from this same side of the family, uh, who is, by the way, the aunt that I, in the episode that I just released of my podcast yesterday, I told a story about an aunt. It's the same aunt because she's always had weird things in her life uh, happening. Okay. So she was, her sisters uh, got a got an apartment when they were younger there in, in Parral. It was a place that was attached to another building, which which used to be a, a bar. And it was like a really seedy, uh, bad bar. It was no longer there, but it, it had been just an awful, an awful place, apparently. They had stuff going on that they just felt this bad, angry vibe all the time. So they had a, a priest come in. To bless the house and that same uh, that very night they didn't know that this had happened to all three of them but they all experienced the exact same thing where they had woken up uh, to find a man standing on their bed looking at, down at them with just this look of absolute rage and hatred after a moment of standing there he ran to the window and jumped out and that was it no more activity, no more bad feeling in the house. But they had wow. all woken up to see the same man looking down at them and, and running out the window. Oh, yeah, my God. Very creepy. That's just like, no, that's like oh. creeper stuff. <laughs> 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 that's some, like, you, I don't know. <laughs> that's well, scary, it, it, could, it, it would seem like it would be somebody you haven't gone into the house, except that it, except all three of them saw the perspective of him on their bed looking down at them. Uh, very, very spooky. Unsettling. Yeah. A little, like, I feel like a lot of mining towns have a lot of a paranormal activity or just weird stuff happening, especially the ones that are abandoned. Oh, and especially the ones that are older, too. And, you mm-hmm. know, in older mining days, there weren't, especially in places like Mexico, there weren't that many ordinances and things for safety. Like, they would just go down there and, you know... I don't think somebody would be allowed these days to take their shirt off or to, to work down there. Or, and, and I may be wrong about this, but, but I mean, I just, I feel right. like they were not, they didn't have the same safety measures and yeah. they're just more, that more of a disregard towards, towards Human having life. certain yeah. levels of being careful. Yeah. yeah. And not to mention some, I'm pretty sure some of the uh, mine owners did not treat their, um, their workers very well. Uh, it was, from what I was researching, that some of like uh, some mines, you know how haciendas they would have their own currency within that hacienda. Uh, I think from what I read that some mines did that too. So, say you wanted to, you needed to buy food. Well, you're get you're buying it from the owner of the mine, and you know it's it's like you're stuck there. You know, you can't use your own money almost outside of that mine or that area. But I guess it might depend because I know from from the research I did on um, the mine that I went through that the people who own that mine were like, Oh, you're buying stuff from me. And if, if um, 
if you had a debt, like you died and, you know, you had debt. Well, guess what? If your child was 10 years of age, they have to come work at the mine and pay off your debt. Ah. <laughs> so, so there was a lot of like, um, oh, wow. Yeah. Human rights violations for sure. And a lot of tragic, you know, incidents. With you saying that um, about the money part of it, uh, it's it's interesting because whenever we would go to the little store there at the colony, we would uh, eat, you know each get like a bag of chips and a soda or something, and there was just a guy named Money, and we would just tell him uh, what we wanted, and he'd give it to us, and 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 he'd I, he was putting it on a tab or something, but it very well could just be credit that's allotted to them for, from the mine, you yeah. know, because because that's they own that colony. Yeah, so, that's that's, that's a lot of what they did. I know they did that with haciendas. Like, um, haciendas would pretty much mint their own currency, and like, say you work at the hacienda, you would um, buy from the family that you worked for at a higher price that it would be regularly in oh. outside of it. So it was a lot of like, um, yeah, exploitation and control of the workers. Like, yeah, I'm gonna feed you, but. It's borderline slavery, you know? Like, yeah, it, re- it really sounds like it. Yeah, if I was a worker there, I would come back and haunt the place if I was treated You're all like haunted. That. You yeah, know try, to drive people, try to drive people away. But things like the like the rattling keys, for example, like those are the ghosts that I think are like have gone through, like something happened to someone there who ha- was having, who experienced that. Like the, there, there was at some point somebody trying to open that lock in a panic as, as somebody was coming up. So eerie to me that that stuff. Uh, the, the the ghosts that seem to have a a bad story Definitely. to them. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and sharing all those uh, spooky stories. There was more than one. Oh, yeah. so. They, they, they all were tie together. All pretty scary. <laughs> Thank yeah. you so much uh, yeah. for having me. I'm avoiding mines, mining towns from now on. <laughs> Not that I ever went, but now off uh, the list. <laughs> I, I, I was about to go live in a mining town, and now I'm not. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, check out uh, Scary Podcast. It's uh, pretty good. I've listened to about like just two episodes because I'm like backlogged on all my podcasts. Oh, right yeah, now. I, I, yeah. But it's yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah, um, and then, you know, if you uh, guys listen and you like it, give us both five stars. Yeah. And um, yeah, don't uh, don't go check out mining colonies. And yeah, the dark, you might get attacked um, by ghosts or bats or rat bats. <laughs> Slimy rat bats. <laughs> Yes. Um, what was the word they used? Glistening? Glistening. Yeah. Rat fetus or something like that. Embryo? No, it wasn't rather, fetus. I'd rather see the ghost. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather see the ghost. <laughs> oh, I wonder if the bat was also like glistening because of the sediments. Oh. Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. Good catch. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to change how we close this. Um, watch out for... Glistening rat embryo bats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Bye. Bye. Bye.